Welcome to the Active Faith Podcast, where faith meets an active lifestyle. My name is Andrew Ware. I am your host, and I am the Running Rev. This is not just any other podcast about an active lifestyle, but join us as we unpack the why behind our activity and how we connect it to our faith. I'm having conversation and exploring the journeys of others as we build a theology of self-care, exploring how we care for ourselves by being active persons in whatever way feels best for us as we seek to live out our faith. Welcome to episode eight. Today, we have on the podcast, Amanda Ward. Amanda is a fitness and nutrition coach, as well as a therapist who helps people as they develop a wellness routine. What a joy. Uh, Amanda was recommended by our first guest, Sarah Locke, and uh, I reached out to her almost immediately and was able to get her on here. And I am so glad that I did because we continue this conversation that we began last week in our episode with Ashley Oliver, continuing to unpack mental health and activity, but also continuing to dive or diving into this idea of a holistic nature of an active lifestyle. That your understanding of an active lifestyle is not just about moving your body, but it plays a role in everything else that you do. That your mental health, that your physical that your emotional, that your spiritual health are all intertwined. And we dive into that this week with Amanda. So as we dive in, I hope that you will listen. I hope that you will hear. Again, we are talking a little bit about mental health. And so I encourage you to, to come into it with an open heart and an open mind as we talk about these, these tough issues, but also uh, as we continue to build this theology of self-care that you would hear in these conversations, ways in which we can care for ourselves so that we can care for others. So with that, let's dive into our conversation with Amanda Ward. All right, welcome to this week's episode of Active Faith. Today we've got Amanda Ward with us. I'm so uh, happy to have her on with us. So Amanda, let's get started with our discussion today. Who are you, where are you from, and how are you active? Well, I'm excited to be here and talk to you as well. It's so nice to meet you. I'm Amanda Ward, and I am um, a therapist, a mental health therapist. I'm a holistic wellness coach. I'm a nutrition coach. and I live in a little boat town in Middlesex County, Virginia, very close to Deltaville, right off of the Chesapeake Bay. And I am active in all the ways. I am a runner. I am a personal trainer. I am a fitness enthusiast personally. Um, and I'm pretty much active all the time, whether it be work or play or working out. <laughs> Yeah, Amanda, we hear that you are a fitness enthusiast, you're a runner, uh, and and mm-hmm. we love to hear that here on the Active Faith Podcast, but even more than just hearing the how that we are active, we love to dive into the why. So why don't, for our listeners this week, uh, tell us why you are active. Oh, man, I guess presently I am active because it is one of the ways I take care of myself. It is one of the ways that I tap into my better self, um, my potential historically it's, um, I think much like anyone, I started moving my body. Once I got past that, like I was in high, I was a high school athlete. I played field hockey and I use the word athlete use loosely. Um, it was the only sport I played. Um, and once I moved past that, I moved my body to, to find an outcome. Um, I played 
college field hockey. And once I had that out of, uh, out from under me, I realized that I had to exercise to maintain a certain physique, a certain aesthetic, a certain way of feeling. Um, and so I actually started running in grad school as a way to stop myself from uh, damaging my body. I actually kind of got into a pretty nasty cycle of eating disorder. And I realized that um, along with some accountability from some very close people in my life. And I started running to combat that as a replacement addiction is what I've called it. Yeah. And, and we've heard about this journey, you know, just uh, last week, uh, which is actually the day that Amanda and I are recording. We had an episode come out with Ashley Oliver about her journey with eating disorders. And mm. I mean, again, and you know, so Amanda comes to us by nature of Sarah Locke from our first episode, and uh, and Sarah passed Amanda's information on. And I wanted to bring her on because uh, Amanda get Amanda uh, by nature of her job uh, as a, a a trainer and a nutritionist and all this stuff brings in this this lens of being able to look at activity as a manner of taking care of our bodies and living in this healthy lifestyle, and so. As you're, as we're listening to these stories of of eating disorders and sort of uh, just not considering our bodies in in the greatest, uh, you know, believing in ourselves and stuff like that, what role for you has food played in your active journey? Oh wow! So I guess if you're, we're going to look at the timeline of it. Um, early on. I was very susceptible to the messaging that comes to most of us uh, from outside, which is, you know, eat this, it will do this in your body, eat, eat more, gain weight, eat less, lose weight, that type of a relationship with food. Um, and that's really where that eating disorder kind of like was functionally rooted. And that's not speaking to the emotional and psychological roots of it, but functionally it was, oh, I just binged. I have to get rid of food in order to have a body that I think is deemed acceptable, whether to me or someone else. Right. Um, but when I realized that this was, it's so funny, there was this kind of crux in everybody's life. I think when we get to a transformation point and whether that happens multiple times throughout your life or just once or whatever, there are a lot of factors that play into that. One of the facets of my situation, this was back when I was in, in grad school. So I was in my early twenties. Yeah. Um, I, one of the factors was that as I realized I could no longer binge and purge as a means of, of sustainability and, and self-care, that's just not, it wasn't going to work. Um, I started replacing it with running. Well, that was a quick window into, oh my gosh, what I put in my body actually matters with how I feel on that run. And so that was a window into a whole other cavern, um, which has really been much more of my journey since then, which is that, oh my gosh, what I'm putting in, into my body is actually information. And the information is translating into how much energy do I have? How functional do I feel? How well are the processes that are natural in my body actually working? How above those things do I feel? You know, this, this idea of us being able to feel, look, and act amazing every day, that's a, that's a higher level of functioning. So even those baseline things weren't happening, right? So what goes in my body matters is really the, the lesson that, that came very early on in my journey. 
And I think that there's this idea that uh, even persons who haven't probably wrestled with an eating disorder struggle with that nature of how do I, as an active person, treat food, right? Mm -hmm. How do I treat food? What do I need? Uh, You know, I know just over the last few years since I've really taken a dive back into active running and being a runner almost Mm -hmm. like full-time pretty much. I don't know how we mm-hmm. want to describe that, mm-hmm. uh, but really getting into this sort of trying to make sure that I'm doing everything I can to make sure that I'm healthy when I'm running. Mm-hmm. And you really need to be aware of what you're eating. And I think that there's this nature in which this acute sense of, of understanding of what is going into your body helps to fuel you as you're going through. Yeah. And so we've, we, we talked with, with Ashley about how it's almost for her, it has to kind of become, you know, she has to separate the two sometimes mm-hmm. because, you know, she either, she, she might be active, but it might uh, come into play where, you know, she wants to be active, but she wants to be active for the wrong reasons, right? Where it's just like, sure. you know, I, w- I need to be active because I need to burn the calories that I took in and stuff like right. that. Instead right. of being active for this nature of, I want to be active for my mental health, uh, mm-hmm. because I love mm-hmm. running. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. when we think about this relationship between food and activity, mm-hmm. uh, what is, what is probably, uh, as someone who is a nutritionist, and so, you know, I hope now we're starting to bring in some people who have expertise and knowledge on these things. What can be sort of a healthy relationship for those people who are active when it comes to food? I don't, I mean, I don't yeah. know if that's the right yeah. question, but I think well, it's no, a I question think it's, that many We can ask. definitely work through it. And I want yeah. to check one thing real quick. I am, I am certified in nutrition coaching, certified in sports nutrition. Yes. Not, I just don't want to be like that misconstrued. Like there, there are a lot of, um, a lot of things with labels, right? So, yeah. um, definitely, um, wanted to just clarify that. And it's, it's, I'm also certified in integrative medicine for mental health, which is a huge passion of mine. Like we can actually use food as medicine. Yeah. It's amazing. I love it. Anyways. Um, so, well, so then maybe to, the question, yeah. maybe the question better could be phrased as like, you know, when you're sitting down with people and uh, you know, I was on your website in preparation for this and that's all you kind of take a look at the whole thing, right? Oh, yeah. You're a fitness coach, you do nutrition. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. do all of this stuff. And yeah. so when you're working with people, and you're working with uh, clients and you're helping to coach them, what are some ways in which you might encourage them? You know, some, some things that you could tell them about this relationship between food and activity. Yeah, absolutely. So if I, if I was really going to get down and dirty with it, I, I don't think you can separate the way we feed and nourish ourselves from our relationship to ourself you know, think about, I'm, I'm watching your little girl run around in the background yeah. there as a parent, we don't just hand, well, I say this, but, but we don't just put stuff in our kid because we know they need calories, mm-hmm. right? We're trying to learn what kind of foods they like. And we want to make sure they have enough meals a day. And we want to make sure it's food that they enjoy. And we do these things. Why? Because we love them and we want mm-hmm. them to grow into the best version of themselves and become who God made them to be in this world that's, that's what we need to be doing for ourselves. And so when we talk about the relationship between food and exercise, it's really more about a relationship between ourselves and how we treat ourselves, you know, how we, how we act with ourselves throughout our day is a direct reflection of how we feel about ourselves. 
Um, and so I have a really hard time separating those two things, which is why I break all the rules as an entrepreneur and I do all the things at once because I don't think you can separate them. And so things like, why am I eating? Right. Come up Mm -hmm. questions. I'm big on curiosity. If you can start coming from a place of, I want to understand instead of, I want to feel understood, then we break into a whole other level of growth. So if I, why do I want to eat right now? Right. Is it because I'm bored? Is it because I'm upset? Is it because this is the time everybody else is eating? Right. If we can start to get clear on, am I putting food in my body because I actually need and desire it? Or am I putting food in my body for no particular reason? Kind of becomes an issue of intention and purpose. Right. So the other question would be, okay, now how do I feel when I'm eating this thing? Mm-hmm. Right. So it's becoming mindful about. Well, if I love potato chips and I'm pounding a bag of potato chips, maybe I'm happy while that dopamine is being released in my brain. And I like, while I'm chewing and crunching and swallowing, but 20 minutes later, do I feel like I have a brick in my belly? You know, how do I feel? And I'm, I'm always quick to remind people the, um, the hippocampus in your brain is the center for satiety and hunger. And it runs about 20 minutes late. So developing mindfulness around how your body actually feels is really important for you acting in accordance with what you need and desire, as opposed to just letting your environment run your life. Um, So why am I eating? How do I feel when I'm eating? And what is it that I'm asking this food to do for my body? So that's a much more complex question than is this healthy or is this unhealthy, right? Yeah. So for the runner, it's what am I asking this food to do? Do I want this food to fuel my next workout or do I want this food to recover the workout I just did? That brings a whole level of honesty to, am I pounding leftover cheesecake from Christmas dinner after my run because it tasted good? Oh yeah, there's not a whole lot that it's gonna do for my muscles, right? Yeah. So it's like, oh, maybe I should have that almond butter and whatever smoothie I was gonna make. And I think that there's that, that idea where what we put into our bodies helps to be, or doesn't help, but it it becomes fuel for what we do the rest of the day. You know, I think we can name when we feel sluggish, if we look back and say, you know, I often will come in at about 11 o'clock, I'm like dragging and I'll send Mm -hmm. a message. I'm saying, man, I am just so tired right now. Yeah. Well, what did you have for breakfast? I said a bowl of fruit loops. (laughs) There you go. Right. Crash and burn. (laughs) Yeah. And and she's like, well, all that sugar. And so, but it really is when we kind of change this, when we look at this mindset between food as fuel that helps Mm -hmm. to move and propel us forward. And Mm -hmm. then it becomes this nature of, are we intentional with the way that we are caring for our body? So you know, like here on the Active Faith Podcast, we've talked about this intentionality of caring for our bodies by Mm -hmm. being active. Mm -hmm. And we've taken this time as well as we continue to develop this theology of self-care of also being intentional about what we consume to ensure that we can be active. And Mm -hmm. even what we consume, then also helping us to be able to live out our vocations, right? Spend time with friends and family. You know, I can't tell tell you how many people we've had on here who have talked about, you know, okay, well, why am I active? I'm active because I want to be able to spend time with my family. And I want to be able to spend time with my friends. And so, and, and so, it almost becomes this holistic approach to self-care, mm-hmm. which I see embodied in what you're doing. And so I want to kind of 
go a little bit deeper on that as we not mm-hmm. only talk about food and activity, but we talk about mm-hmm. this holistic nature of self-care. And, mm-hmm. and then why does it become important for us to take this holistic approach to self-care? Why is it important not to just like, like even as an active podcast, I am not able to get away with like just focusing on running or, or right. cycling or any sort of activity. Like I've got to invite people who have experience with nutrition on here. I have to, like, I invite people who have, who can talk about mental health, who can talk yeah. about, you know, yeah. family, who can talk about friends. Yeah. Why is it important to take this holistic approach when it comes to talking about self-care? Well, I'm a big believer that we are whole humans. Um, meaning you are not just a body that moves or just a body that eats, right? You are also a, a, a spiritual identity created for purpose that has a mind right? Willpower, cognition, intelligence that lives in this physical body. So if we segment our lives into these single faceted platforms, we are not living as whole beings. We are not living in our full purpose. We're not living in alignment with what we're here for. And so we're not going to feel that way either. And a lot of times we humans are the master adapters. We will go, oh, I can make this work. And we're not consciously thinking this. The body does the same thing. It's like, oh, you want me to stay up until midnight every night and still function tomorrow? We can figure that out. You might be miserable, but we can figure it out, right? Like it knows how to make it. The, we're, supposed, we're here to survive biologically. And so even mentally, if we do segment our lives into these isolated facets, we'll, we'll kind of just tell ourselves it's okay. We'll tell ourselves it's normal or it's good enough or okay, I guess that I just wasn't meant to excel in relationships since I'm a great runner. You know, that's not true. And it's not that we're all here to be the best, but I think if we stop looking out here for what the best is and we start looking here for what feels aligned to my personal experience in life, then we get to experience our best every day. Um, You know, just like I said, you can't separate nutrition from self-love, basically, you also can't separate your relationships from that. I believe all relationships are a reflection of that relationship to self. And to speak to movement, I love that, you know, that's, that's such a focus for you. But one of my favorite ways to look at that is I believe everything is paralleled. Um, you know, whether you call it science or psychology or whatever, I also see how we can go back biblically and see how God kind of started that for us. Um, so the parallel there is that if we were to put our bodies in like these micro Petri dishes right now, we would be clusters of movement. That's all we would be. These cells are bebopping against each other and vibrating. And this group got together over here and they tell that group over there what to do. And that's how we function. So the body was literally made in motion and honoring that in our lives is moving. Mm -hmm. And, and I mean, moving in a way that feels comfortable for us. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not, I'm not, we're not telling anybody that, you know, you got to go out for a a 10 minute run or anything like that. You know, we've talked on this podcast before about even if it's just a little bit of a walk, uh, Mm -hmm. what we do, and, and it really starts with understanding who we are, right? Mm -hmm. It, It starts with really sitting down and identifying, you know, I talked about in the resolutions episode that before we can start making goals, we have to name like, okay, this is what I did in 2021. Mm -hmm. Because if we try and say, if we try and just jump into goal planning and we say, I want to do this, you know, maybe that goal is like nowhere near 
where yeah. we can do. And so when we name where we are, so I'm like, all right, I am here. This is mm-hmm. who I am. And then you can start saying, okay. And then you can, so you can label the start and then you can label the finish, right? At some mm-hmm. point in time, uh, you know, I've, I've talked with, with some of my friends before at some point in time, I would love to run a sub 40 minute 10 K. Uh, and, and that is my goal before I turn 40, but I'm not going to try and go out here at, at 32 and, and just try and drop it right now because, you know, I'm still a little ways off from that, but I can have that end goal focus. And then I can come in and I can set the goals for where I am right now. Right. And so it's like right. right now I'm right here and I can do this. And so when we start talking about this holistic understanding of self-care, we start with, here we are, here I am. And so how can we do that? What are some, uh, what are maybe some practices that we can do to get in that mental headspace to begin to talk about, this is where I am right here, right now? Yeah. And I think it's important to first note that you have to have that vision. Like you said, whether you call it a goal or a vision, I, I'm a big believer in the vision because the vision is really not ever really that clear right and then we set goals to make our way Mm -hmm. towards that vision um so what we really have to do is reverse engineer it and what are the things that we can do to get there um oh the it's endless right and i think it depends on what that what that vision is but i'm going to take your your 40 minute 10k right and go okay well if i know that this is my desire and right now I know I'm achieving and I'm just going to pull numbers out of the hat unless you want to go full transparency. <laughs> but like, let's just say for right now, you're running a 45 minute. That's about right. <laughs> okay. So first of all, you're not going to, like you said, you're not going to go out every run and try and hit a 40 minute and call that your success or failure. You're going to go, what do I need to work on? What are, what are, okay, this is where we get serious with ourselves, what are the things that I'm struggling with? So first you have to identify those things. We don't call them weaknesses. We don't call them deficits. We go, what are the things that are keeping me from doing that today? And once you have that list, you get to look at that list and go, okay, well, what is the most realistic for me to work on right now? Right. Is okay. Speed. I just can't seem to go faster no matter what I'm doing. Well, how do I do that? Well, sometimes you might need to call in outside help. Sometimes you might need to go do some research. Sometimes you might need to look at your schedule and completely redefine it and start building in, you know, an interval workout one, one to two times a week. And then, you know, if you're going to schedule a 10K or you're going to test yourself for this goal, that's the other thing is having an actual accountability mark in your process and going, okay, well, that's in three months. So once once every three weeks between now and then I'm going to do a speed test because I know that I'm going to need to run X number minute per mile in order to, to reach that goal. So I'm going to do a speed test and run the mile fast as I possibly can on that day, three times, you know, between now and then so that I can have a marker for where I'm going. I always say, you know, I'm, I'm a marathon runner and I don't, I don't start at the start line and wind up 26.2 miles later without knowing how I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Right. You look down every mile and go, okay, where, how am I, let me gauge my efforts. What do I need to do? Do I need you to slow down? look down every mile. <laughs> so, yeah, I know we, sometimes we have to take our watches off so that we yes. something tied to the numbers. Right. But okay. So identify the, the, the areas that need to be worked on. Um, I love to say you cannot clean a house if you can't see the dirt. Mm-hmm. So whether that's in life in relationships and running, you've got to know what's happening. And I think the biggest thing we can do for ourselves is release the judgment. 
it's not good or bad. It just is. And as soon as you have clarity around what is, then you have information that can be turned into problem solving. Gosh. And I can't tell you how often people will not pursue something, not Mm -hmm. go after something because they are afraid of what other people might think. They're afraid of that judgment. Uh, And, and just for, for our listeners to know that, you know, your journey is your journey. Mm -hmm. Um, And know that at least from me, you will always have support and encouragement and especially from our active faith community. Uh, But that is such an important thing is that it's, it's so difficult in our contemporary time, but it is so important that we don't get into that comparison game. Right. So, so Amanda has, has said it already. She's mentioned it. Amanda's qualified for the Boston marathon. So for those of our listeners who don't know, the Boston marathon is one of the few marathons in the world that still has a qualifying mark in order to make it. Um, and it's, it's one of the toughest marathons to get into. Uh, you either qualify for it via time or you got to raise a ton of money. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, you know, I could, I mean, I love it. Cause I would, I, I used to have a goal of qualifying for Boston. And so to hear like someone qualify for Boston, I'm like, Oh man, that's awesome. That's so cool. Uh, but then I kind of get the, the demon side of like, wow, why mm-hmm. haven't you qualified for Boston? Why haven't, uh-huh. why haven't you done that yet? Mm-hmm. Um, and really get into that headspace and, but it can be so detrimental to our mental health. And I think it plays in back to where we were at the beginning, especially when it comes time to talking about uh, when we go back to that discussion on eating disorders of saying Mm -hmm. like, you know, I mean that there's a lot that goes into that of us judging ourselves. Sometimes it may be against Mm -hmm. society. Sometimes it may be against an abstract thought of who we Mm -hmm. think we should be. And so, so how have you in, in your journey uh, either fought back against or just, uh, released yourself from that negativity, that comparison, that judgment game. Yeah. Well, I think up until I, I, well, it's never ending journey. First of all, we don't ever completely cure ourselves at that. We are human. We are subject to the conflict that is within us all the time. Right. Um, but I do know that there has been a significant transformation in the way that I move through life from, as early as maybe four or five years ago, but definitely back to the very beginning of, I I definitely started out as I'm doing this to be good enough. Right. And then that turned into, Oh, I've got a handle on this. I need to push myself, go harder, go home. If you're not the best, then it's not good enough. Um, And that's actually when I got into like personal training was um, I had this kind of like dual reality of like, I need to know more. I need to do more. I need to be better. And, oh, I want to help other people reach their potential. And those two things don't really flush out (laughs) um, because I, you know, going back to that reflection piece, that relationship with myself was not going to make me the most effective trainer for someone else because I wasn't going to be open and empathetic and relating to where they were. So I'm thankful to say that I I am a completely, I have a completely different approach to things nowadays, Um, you know, but I... I think it goes back to what you were saying a second ago about actually being able to identify a vision or goal. It has more to do with getting to know yourself and getting to know what you really want. If we are setting a goal that is outside of us and motivated by external pleasures or accomplishments or performance or appearance, and it, then it, it may not actually be for us. 
And so we are going to have a heck of a time trying to accomplish it. And if we're already gauging ourselves from an external place, we're always going to be judging ourselves against that and comparing ourselves to it and looking at other people and going, why them? Why not me? Right. So I think if we really have to put the brakes on and hit the pause button for a second and go, wait a minute, why did I set this goal? Mm -hmm. Because I get to speak to the Boston Marathon. I, I, that, that's a special, uh, it's a special seed in my heart because I, it's, it's so visceral, that experience. I remember Mm -hmm. exactly where I was sitting when I learned about the Boston Marathon bombing in 2013. I was sitting at the board table. I was on board of directors with a company that I worked for then. And I was sitting there having a supervisory meeting and the the news came out and I said, you know what? I am going to run that marathon as an act Mm -hmm. (laughs) against what just happened, right? And I, I, at that point in time, had run a couple of marathons. And I was nowhere near where I needed to be. Right. So it was a lofty goal and it was very emotionally driven, but it came from inside of me. It didn't come from a place of, oh, well, I want to run as fast as that person. So I'm going to beat their qualifying time. You know, it's like, wait a minute, that didn't come from inside of me. So, um, there is a, there is a saying and there are, is a belief tenant of if it came from in you, who put it there? Right. Yeah. If the dream is in you, the dream is for you. And God wants to give us the desires of our heart when we seek him first. Well, I believe that if we're seeking him first, then we're seeking to be in alignment with his will for our lives. Well, oh, if this is a desire that's coming from inside of me, then I can have it. Mm -hmm. I just need to do what needs to be done to achieve that or to get it or to line up with it, to be able to receive it. And so now I come from a place of setting goals in a completely different way. Um, I even teach goal setting in a different way with my clients and my wellness pro, uh, membership. I just, I want people to know who they are and what motivates them intrinsically mm-hmm. because extrinsic motivation can only be a tool and a support. It can't be the source of our quote unquote motivation. And, and what I hear is a very intentional process of discernment. Right. Absolutely. And, and in the church, we talk about discernment all the time. The church that I serve here in Suffolk, Virginia is going through a process of discernment and vision setting right now. And, and we're coming out and hopefully having goals. And, and I hear this mm-hmm. nature of our self-care in and of itself requires an act of discernment, right? I mean, mm-hmm. for, for pastors, we spend a lot of time discerning our call, especially us in the United yeah. Methodist Church. We, we yeah. spend years going through uh, paper writing and mm-hmm. board interviews and all this stuff. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and, and in other professions and vocations too, there are these acts of discernment and yeah. to attach the, that discernment to our self-care. Yeah. Um, and, and you're putting forth just some phenomenal questions for us to focus on as we're doing these acts of discernment, uh, where it is focusing and it's focusing on ourselves, right? And it's focusing on ourselves, not, um, not as a way to distance ourselves from, from, the, from the world outside of us, but as a way for us to look and see, okay, what are, it's like, what are Andrew's motivations, mm-hmm. right? And I think for those of, for those of our listeners who have been listening to a lot of our podcasts, I think this is this is probably a theme that's kind of just been hidden there in the background of a lot of our of a lot of our guests who have come on and spoken. And I know that this is something that I've kind of wrestled with as of late. Uh, is this idea of of okay, what what is my relationship to this? Am I doing this because 
I want to be better? Or am I doing this because I have some outside motivation? And I know that that's, I mean, that's the whole reason that I'm not, that I don't want to run marathons anymore. I mean, I love that, yeah. that you qualified for Boston, that you love to run marathons. Uh, but I think at this point in time in my life, I just don't have a desire to do it. Now, I haven't ruled it out completely. Um, when I turn like 50, I think my Boston qualifier moves up to like 330. So <laughs> you got to wait for the age bracket change. <laughs> you just got to wait for the, you got to yeah. wait for the age bracket change and that everything yeah. right now it takes about a 255 for me to get into the Boston marathon. So I've got a little bit of ways to go for that one. So I think I may just wait and hold off, but, but I think naming, it's like, okay, you know what? No, I don't, uh, was I wanting to run a marathon because I wanted to prove something to other people, right? You know, my first marathon was, oh gosh, well over five. I think it was almost six hours and just completely bombed it. Uh, it, it was not a healthy thing for me. I, I didn't do well. And then I come back at it after my ACL surgery. And every time I tried yeah. to, you know, attack the marathon, it just like, I, I wasn't motivated. Yeah. And I think when we, I think that that lack of motivation, it just, it really began to speak to me and it began mm-hmm. to say like, well, maybe that's not what you need right. to be if doing. If this maybe isn't lighting me up, why am yeah. I trying? <laughs> and, and, and I, you know, you take that step back and you're like, well, no, I'm doing this because I want to prove something either like my past self or because mm-hmm. I want to, oh, I want to look cool for like these mm-hmm. people and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, I mean, it's such just a dangerous game. Yeah. I, I love the, um, what's that saying? You, and a lot of times it's geared towards this like other niche, but like you can do anything, but you can't do everything. Um, I think that really applies to what we're talking about because like, there are a lot of really amazing things in this world to do. Yeah. And, but that doesn't mean you're supposed to do it all. That doesn't mean just because it's cool to run the Boston marathon that you should do that because you run right. Like, wait a minute. Does that line up with why I'm here and what makes me light up? Because the bottom line is when you are aligned with what is filling you up, you spill over into the world in the way that you were supposed to. You know, gosh, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't even know how to respond to that. It's so, I mean, it's so great because, because it, it, it is that point when we think about, you know, what does it mean for us to move forward and what does it mean for us to encourage and support ourselves? Uh, you know, I mean, we talk about the great commandment here of Jesus saying, you know, love the Lord, your God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength, and then love your neighbor mm-hmm. as yourself. Uh, and, love that. and, and I'm just like, I, I, you know, I, I kind of just used it initially as a tagline for this podcast. Sure. And ever since no. I started doing that, I've been starting to think about it. And it's like, no, we really, like, I need to love myself. Yes. I need to love who I am. And I, and I, I need to love myself for who I am right now. And also who God has created me to right. be. Right. Right. And that's not about not being good enough right now. That's about no. knowing that we can do greater things because of him. And I use that scripture all the time in what I do. And I know so many people too, it's a great go-to, but I really think we miss it a lot of times because we, we totally, it's almost like we like put earplugs in on that as yourself part, right? Wait a minute. If I'm supposed to be giving out into the world and loving my neighbor and wait a minute, if I'm not doing that for me, I'm, I'm not set up to do it for them. Yeah. So it really does start with you. And I, and I wonder how often like we struggle to love our neighbors because we often struggle to love ourselves. Ding, ding, ding. Um, <laughs> and, 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 and as we continue to reflect on this, that it, that it, it continues to become part of that narrative of how are we caring for ourselves? Mm-hmm. Um, and, 
and to say, you know, it looks different for each of us. So different. Um, and that's okay. Yeah. I mean, uh, Amanda can be in here running marathons and, and I can be here, you know, just, just running half marathons and, and it can be great and it can be awesome and it can be wonderful. And then you can have someone who goes out and, and, you know, they just, they just want to walk two or three miles a day mm-hmm. uh, or people who want to swim. I mean, we've got so many people who are a part of this active faith community and it's about finding this is, this is how I can care for myself Absolutely. and this is what I can do for myself. And it's that, that whole adage of, of what's the best workout to do, you know, with what I do, a lot of people come to me with an initial desire to, whether it be lose weight or Mm -hmm. get more fit or a lot of, a lot of times it starts with an externalized goal. And then they want to know what's the best workout for me to be doing to achieve X. Right. And I'm going, what, what's the thing that you're going to do every day because you find fulfillment satisfaction and you will actually follow through with it. That is the best workout for you right now, Mm -hmm. period. It doesn't mean anything about you. It doesn't mean you'll never reach your goal. It doesn't mean you're not doing enough. It, it, that is it, period. It's like when you're trying to find that perfect pair of running shoes and you ask people on Facebook, what's the best running shoe? And I'm like, and I'm like the best running shoe is the one that fits your foot and feels yeah, the best for you. You might have to do some experimentation on that one. Yeah, go to, go to your local, right? But yeah. I mean, it, it really is because we, you know, uh, we are all created in the wonderful image of God, but we are also all created as individual beings with our own spiritual yeah. gifts, with yeah. our own, I mean, we're, yeah. we're all our own person. You know, I'm Andrew, mm-hmm. this is Amanda, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we're each individual. And so you want to find what is going to work for you. Yeah. And it's, and and it's going to take a little bit of time for, for you yes. to maybe identify that. And it can be frustrating. Yep. Um, but, but I think to, to move forward, you know, it, it is about how we uh, sort of maybe attack the beast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know, one of my favorite lessons that is also the most exasperating lesson that I've learned through my process, I'm sure I will continue to learn in it is slow down to speed up. Mm-hmm. It's how I, it's how I, so I've just a little super fun trivia. I've been running marathons for 20, I'm sorry, 12 years, 12 years. I've run roughly 14, 15. I have DNF'd two, which means I pulled out halfway through and didn't cross the finish line. There's a lot of failure. I just ran my first Boston marathon in 2020. I had five qualifiers before I even got in. Then pandemic mode hit and I had to run it in my streets with a broken foot. And then I finally went and ran in person this year, but there is a lot of failure along the way. And if you're not committed to what's right for you, those failures are going to cause you a lot of pain and a lot of detriment. Right. And if you are committed to what's aligned to you for you in that unique, different way and not measuring yourself against other people, simply measuring yourself against what, what's inside, then it all kind of shakes out, Yeah. right? That, that, that differentness becomes the right. It feels this is right for me, right? That feeling of peace, I think that we're all looking for. So what might be that encouragement that we uh, can offer to ourselves in the midst of failure? Oh, <laughs> uh, there's so many ways to say that, but failure is a good thing. Mm-hmm. 
Failure means I'm doing it. Failure means I'm showing up. Failure means I'm learning. And uh, I I forget who said this. So I want to, I always like to make sure I credit people correctly, but a bad day is just data. Yeah. And if we can start to recognize that information. So I love that. I remember Schoolhouse Rock, knowledge is power. Yeah. But so, so if we don't have the right mindset about that power, and then we don't couple it with action. So I like to add on and go, but applied knowledge is freedom. So failure is the pathway to freedom. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Chittam, who hosts the Rambling Runner podcast, often says that if you're going to go through a training cycle, uh, 50% of your runs will be bad runs. At least. Will be below average. Because, <laughs> At least. Well, well, and if you think about it, you know, if, if you take, you know, if you have 100 runs, then your average run is, is you know, your, your middle run, which means that mm-hmm. most of your runs are going to be, you know, below, below average. Yeah. But I love that. And, and we've talked about it before. You know, what have we learned? Whether you cross the finish line and you've met your goal or you've crossed the finish line, you haven't quite hit it. It, it's so important to, to maybe draw back and reflect, okay, what did I learn? Uh, yes. You know, I, I remember in, in, in running a race once and I had to walk in the middle, uh, which, mm-hmm. which, which I, I mean, I, I don't like to do during races, but it just became like, so beating. And so I had to reflect back and I'm like, all right, well, why did I walk? Right. Exactly. Um, Not that's bad that I did that, but wait, what does that mean? Yeah. Do Yeah. Yeah. Getting curious about it. And I think that we can all get in that mode, especially, especially when like it gets tough right? When you're Mm -hmm. in the midst of that cycle and you're really gearing up, you know, we've got a lot of people in the active faith community who are doing a 30 day yoga challenge right now. And they're on like day four and it, or day five. And it's so cool. And, and I'm so looking forward to seeing like, you know, okay. Yeah. Once we start getting into day, like 15, day 20, I'm so excited to hear the stories because that's going to be when they're really pushing it. You know, they're getting, they're more than halfway through the end is in sight. They can see the goal being reached, but also like, they're getting tired. Yeah. And what are they learning about themselves in those yeah. moments? I think those, those moments are really important to check the external voices. Yeah. Right. Because I, yoga is one of the things that has taught me that if I'm wobbling, it doesn't mean I'm weak. It means I'm working, mm-hmm. which is exactly why I'm here. Right. Yeah. So, you know, when you're in warrior three and you're about to fall over. That means you are, you are actually improving in those moments when you are wobbling, that is improvement. So if you're going to let the wobble stop you because it feels like failure then you're giving up the growth, I need to work on my balance poses. When I try and do tree, I I immediately (laughs) fall into a ball on the floor. You got to find that dristy point and like focus on it. (laughs) Oh man. But and to, 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 to kind of rein us back in and bring yeah. us back when, yeah. when it, it causes us to redefine this understanding of wellness in our lives, mm-hmm. because for so long, and especially in our contemporary society, wellness often gets defined as sort of this dog eat dog. Like I've got to be better than this person, mm-hmm. or I've got to be skinny. I've got to be this mm-hmm. body figure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got to look like this. I've got to act like this. You know, I remember wrestling with it when I started getting, when I started getting into running was, you know, I want to be a runner, but for so many males, it's this idea of, well, you got to be buffed. You got to be big, you yeah. gotta be strong, yeah. you know? And I'm like, I don't want that. Like I want to be yeah. lean. I want to, I want to run. And so I, 
I was asking my, my physical trainer, I'm like, so how do I get lean? Like, I don't want big muscles. I just want right. enough to like, be able to say like, I can keep my core straight while I'm in the midst of a run. Yeah. And so, you know, what does that, what does that mean for us as we're going along to redefine wellness so that when the, so that when we're, when we're active and when we're doing things, you know, we're doing it in a way that promotes an active lifestyle that promotes a healthy lifestyle. And so Mm -hmm. how do we redefine that wellness? Man, I think we have to go full circle back to the top of our conversation today and go, how am I functioning in each area of my life? Is it coming from a place of intrinsic motivation? Is it lined up with who God says I'm, who God says I am, right? And am I, how do I feel in those areas, right? So I think wellness is the experience of being fulfilled while simultaneously reaching for potential in all areas of your life, right? Because if you get complacent, you're going to get stagnant for too long. There's this, there's this concept I talk about a lot in my coaching that I do with individuals of staying too long. Mm -hmm. Okay. This is wonderful. I'm so glad you made it here. Let's, let's hang out and celebrate or resonate in it or really enjoy the season of life for a while. But if we stay too long and it always happens, things start to feel funky, right? It's anything in excess, it can be pathological, whether that's a food, even the healthiest, food. I always use honey as the example, because I love honey and honey is medicinal and it's the most natural sugar. And it's, you know, an animal gave it to me or an insect gave it to me. It can't be bad. Well, if you eat it every day, by the spoonful, you're going to have blood sugar issues among other things, right? So all things in excess. So am I functioning in optimal capacity or moving toward it? in all areas of my life. And when we take all of those into consideration, what that means for how we're moving forward. Um, mm-hmm. I often say uh, complacency is the greatest sin that we can commit. <laughs> and, and, mm-hmm. and I mean, you know, people might disagree and, and, and try and say, you know, murder or anything like that. But I just, I continue to come back to this idea that, that when we get complacent, we allow ourselves to think, okay, this is the end of the road. This is all I need to do. Um, and, and maybe, you know, now I'm perfect, but it is, you know, we always are trying mm-hmm. to find those ways to continue to move forward, continue to push. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and like I said earlier, you push in the right ways. Like we, if, if something's not working in this direction, you know, maybe there's another direction that we can go. And, you know, when we, when mm-hmm. we start to think about wellness, how we're caring for ourselves, what we're doing, we're thinking about those mm-hmm. manners of, of physical activity. We're thinking about those manners of, you know, nutrition, like what am I putting into my body? What am I doing? How am I caring for myself yeah. that way? You know, we're thinking about relationships. And so we think about who are those mm-hmm. people who, uh, who give me life, right? Who are those people who, who feed me, who help to encourage me, who help to support me. And, how we're taking those, how we're taking those aspects into consideration that sets us up for this, this healthy lifestyle, this active lifestyle, sort of this, this faith centered self-care, because as we mentioned, you know, we learn how to love ourselves and then it's time to, and then once we learn how to love ourselves, once our cup is filled, then it comes time to helping to fill others cup. And we built that baseline of saying, okay, this is what I need to care for myself. 
So like as a pastor, what do I need to care for myself? I need my days off. I need my vacation. You know, I need my daily run, which I haven't gotten in today, but (laughs) I'm, I'm getting it. I'm hopefully Uh getting it in once my daughter gets picked up here in a little bit. Um, but and I have those things in play. And so I'm mm-hmm. like, all right, I've cared for myself. I know how I'm filling my cup. I've taken care mm-hmm. of my wellness. Mm-hmm. And it's become, like you've said, it's become an intrinsic part of my mm-hmm. daily experience so that now I can turn my attention to how I can care for others. Yeah. And I'm the best version of myself when I show up for others. I know, especially I'm a, I'm a mom, a wife, a, a servant, you know, yeah. we, we kind of have this maladaptive identity that I need to to make sure everybody has what they need so I can go get what I need mm-hmm. backwards. So backwards. It's why I work out between five and 8 a.m. Yep. Because if I need that first before I can be my, my best self for whether I'm doing a podcast interview or I'm doing a coaching session or I'm in therapy or I'm leading somebody through whatever they need, I have to bring my best energy. And so I've got to do what has fulfilled and served and honored me first so that I can do that. Yeah. And to name and identify those things. It's, yeah. I mean, that if you're, I, I, if you're going to take anything else in this episode, just, just know those ways that you care for yourself. Yeah. Uh, know how, yeah. know, or know how you can care for yourself. And then it becomes, and, and, you know, uh, we'll probably have this discussion at a later point on this podcast, but then it becomes finding those support systems around you who yes. can care for you, right? We talked about that in the episode with Evan of the community that surrounds us and continuing to, you know, in order for, in order for me to care for myself, I have to let my wife know it's like, Hey, I need to go for a run today. Yeah. Um, or, or my wife saying, you know, I need to, I need, I need you to watch, I need you to watch our daughter for the day while I go and, mm-hmm. and, and work or, or do whatever right. she needs to do. And so, you know, it's being honest, not just with ourselves, but with those around us, you know, especially yeah. as a pastor, I have to be honest with my congregation about mm-hmm. this is what I need to perform yeah. optimally for you all. And yeah. I, and that's one of the greatest things that we can do to care for ourselves and hopefully in creating and setting those boundaries, we help to, you know, maybe do a little bit of work to prevent, you know, this, this burnout, this great resignation that's going on. So, uh, I mean, what an awesome discussion. So let's move into these end of podcast questions. So yeah. Amanda, what is something you have done that has made you feel accomplished? Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> Uh, when I think accomplishments, it's again, it goes to that, that transformative experience of my life. Actually, I think what makes me feel accomplished is the ability to, um, I'm going to use the terminology, integrate my Mm -hmm. ego with my spirit, (laughs) meaning I, the ability to not just push and make it happen and go harder, go home and settle down and slow down and allow life to happen. That is the biggest accomplishment because it's the hardest thing for me to do. It's the hardest thing for my human to do. I had a, I had a mentor once Rhonda, uh, Rhonda, Rhonda Van Dyke. And uh, she always talked about the, the peace chaos scale. I think it was Rhonda. If, if somebody's listening to this and it wasn't Rhonda, tell me who it was. Cause I want to remember who it was, but uh-huh. I just remember them talking about the peace and chaos scale. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. never about getting the chaos down to zero because we no. can fool ourselves in that way. Right, right. But it's like, if the chaos is here, then we want our peace to be here mm-hmm. too. 
Yep. And it's about evening and balancing that out. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think that, I mean, what a, I mean, what a great image for us to kind of come in to, to sort of have that understanding of the, the spirit and the ego and just trying to find that balance in life. So who do you go to when life gets tough? Oh gosh, on this planet, I go to my husband. <laughs> I, God love him. He gets all parts of me, even the very worst ones. Um, he is my safe place. He is my, he is my, you know, the person yeah. I banter with, I bounce things off of, but I have really, really learned. And I think this is a never ending process for us again as humans, but I really have learned to have a dialogue with God consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, prayer is, is sometimes formal, but I, I, it's been a goal of mine in the past, probably three years of my life to just be in prayer constantly. He already knows what we're thinking. Why aren't we just talking to him intentionally? And so I really have learned to go, okay, what do I do with this? And it doesn't mean I'm always saying, dear God, please help me do X, Y, Z. It means, oh my gosh, why is that, you know, why is this happening or what's going on with this? And it's a dialogue. Yeah. I used to always joke, I I have ADHD. So I have that constant like inner dialogue in my head. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. so I used to say, oh, it's just God talking to me all the time. That's right. All the time God is talking to me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And so uh, aside from physical activity and probably running an insane amount of mileage trading for marathons, what are some other ways that you practice self-care? Oh, gosh. Um, I, well, my nutrition is actually a huge source of self-care for me. I deal with a lot, a a lot of everybody does fun stuff in this body. I have autoimmune difficulties. And so I do a lot. I kind of have like a routine. My routine is self-care. Um, and what is in that routine is self-care. Um, I do a lot of Epsom salt soaks throughout the week as, and which I recommend for anybody who does anything physically. Um, I spend time with my kid. I, when I broke my, I, I keep saying broke when I, I fractured my second metatarsal in my, um, in my right foot two summers ago. And I had never not been in motion since I was in like ninth grade. And that was very hard for me. So again, going back to that accomplishment of being able to slow down. Um, but as soon as I could use my foot again and put weight on it, I started walking my dog on the mile loop of our neighborhood every day. That walk has become a part of whether it doesn't matter what else I've done that walk is a completely different experience. So that's a huge part of, of self-care for me. Sleep is a non-negotiable. Absolutely. I am getting seven to nine hours of sleep. And if I don't, you will know it. (laughs) Yeah. Gosh. I mean, I know I, I don't, sometimes I don't know how people do it. You know, I mean, sleep is probably, I think I heard it. I've heard it on a bunch of podcasts. Sleep is the greatest tool that a runner has because it's, it's the, the greatest recovery tool. Um, so if, if you're not like, like I made a said, if you're not getting seven to nine hours, you know, yeah, it's, and it's hard, it's it hard, is. but sleep. And I will say this too, because I think we, as a culture struggle with this understanding, if you're having trouble sleeping, a lot of times that's a symptom, not a cause. Yeah. And so it's not like, what's wrong with me? Why can't I sleep? Let me do X, Y, and Z to try and make myself sleep. You might be running into a brick wall. There might be other things going on. Yeah. And so, you know, if, if there's something, I mean, you definitely, that's probably the greatest thing that I have. <laughs> when I get a full night's sleep, I definitely do feel a little bit more rested, a little bit better yeah. off, ready to go. 
I know that yeah. even just my recovery, like if I get a, if I get a good night's sleep, when I go for a run, my legs don't feel as sluggish. So yeah, Absolutely. I mean, those are some great things. Uh, yeah. and I, I love asking that question, that last question for self-care, because so often I even get in the mindset where it's like, all right, if I just go for a run, I'm going to feel better. And it's like, no, there's, there's other things that we need to do for self-care. Exactly. And there's so many things. And again, you know, we'll all find our little, uh, uh, things that we can do, ways that we can do it, uh, whether whether it's doing it our way or find another idea. So I love asking that question, just helping this community know and understand more ways that they can take care of themselves. Um, yeah. So uh, I want to thank Amanda for coming on. This has been great. Uh, you know, for once, friends, we don't have a clergy person or even someone who works <laughs> in the church. Uh, Amanda has her own business. I will uh, put her, I'll put the website to, to her uh, coaching uh, what do you, business? Yeah. So yes, yes. So <laughs> awarding life is my coaching business. I provide several levels of coaching on there. It's all on the website. Um, and we just kicked off our annual membership, the worthy wellness project, which is kind of the crux of today's conversation. You are worthy of those things that make you well. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, this, this is great. Not, not many places. Can you find someone who is a, a, a fitness coach, a nutritionist or like a nutrition person coach, you could say yeah yeah the nutrition coach just i mean and like therapist. looking at her website yeah. there is everything well, thank you um and so but i will also put her social media in the in the notes uh so that uh if they want to reach out to you they can but amanda thank you yeah. so much for coming on oh my gosh thank you so much i really enjoyed talking with you thank you Oh, wow. Amanda was bringing the fire in that conversation today. What a joy it was. Uh, not just to not just to hear Amanda's journey, because we got bits and pieces of her journey along the way, uh, whether it was her time back in, in high school and college as a field hockey player, her, her time going through grad school and starting to run, her time in qualifying for Boston and running these marathons, her, her time as a mom, as a nutrition coach, as a fitness coach, as a therapist, all of these things that she does, uh, but, but also to bring in a couple of teachable moments as well in order to help us to grow, in order to help us to develop. And, and friends, her, her contact information, her website, her socials, they will they will be in the show notes. I encourage you to check that out. If this, if this sounds like something, I mean, this is uh, not a paid ad, this is nothing, but if, if this is something that you think you could benefit it from. I mean, Amanda has an awesome opportunity. Amanda offers an awesome opportunity for you to just look at that whole picture of self. Uh, but even if you take from this conversation just a manner of, of introspective reflection and looking inward at yourself and realizing everything that goes into your manner of self-care, uh, again, whether it's the emotional, physical, mental, spiritual, everything that goes into caring yourself, I think we lift it up a lot of good things in this conversation today and I hope that you are able to check some of those out and so I will encourage you every week uh, so I'll encourage you first go and join our active faith community on Facebook it is linked in the show notes and each week I put I copy the post from the active faith podcast page onto the active faith community for discussion and so when you see that post uh if you scroll down the feed if you're not listening to this on wednesday add to the conversation what is something that that stood out to you what's something that amanda said what's part of her journey that stands out to you what are you taking away from this episode i want this to be an interactive community as we gather together and we're not unpacking this theology of self-care alone but we are doing it together as a group so go to that page uh go to that community go to that group on facebook 
and, and participate in that discussion. Uh, I, I would also encourage you, find us on social media, at Active Faith Pod on Instagram and Facebook. That's where we are. Um, I'm also on Instagram and Facebook. I'm at RunningRev89 on Instagram. My, again, all those socials are in our show notes. Feel free to find us. And I want to thank you for joining this conversation. You know, as, as this podcast continues to grow, and, and I put on social media this last week that we hit 500 total downloads. I mean, that, it may not seem like a big number in the podcasting world, but to me it just seems amazing that we are reaching people, that we are helping people out. And so as we are doing this, you know, I would be forever grateful if you would follow or subscribe to this podcast on your favorite listening platform. If you're not using one, you know, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, you know, these are all, just go and find po- your a podcast app that you'd like to use. Search Active Faith Podcasts find us and subscribe. And then these episodes, they will automatically come into your feed. They will automatically be there so that you can listen to them. And then, you know, if you're feeling really generous, if you really want to help us out, please go and give us a rating and review. Let me know what you are loving about this podcast. Let me know what you are enjoying about it. And you know what, if you want to if you want to help me out and let me know things that I can do better, if you want to hear from a guest, if you want to hear about a topic, let me know. I will do my best to try and find people that can come on, that can share their journey, that can help us to grow. But help us rate and review this podcast. Go uh, like and follow us on social media. Make sure you interact with our posts and let us know that you are enjoying this community. And, and like really, uh, if, if, if some of those things aren't easy or, or you, you don't want to participate in those please i mean just just share share it with one friend share it with one friend take the the post or or share through the link on the podcast app but share share it with someone and invite them to listen and now friends may god bless each of us and may we all find ways to stay active in and for god's kingdom amen